you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. to higher dimensions and I already told you I'm going to try to abbreviate it I see the hours late and and I know you have school and work tomorrow but I feel that the Lord spoke this to me and put in my spirit and let let me just take a few minutes of your time to share with you what I feel the Lord has spoken tonight would you pray with me right now Father thank you for your powerful word thank you for this one that you filled with the Holy Ghost and will be baptized here in just a few moments Lord I pray Over every leader in this room tonight, God, I'm praying that our leadership will hear the word I'm going to speak tonight. I pray for every person that aspires to leadership or to ministry will hear the word that I'm speaking tonight. For every person that wants to be a greater leader in their home or in this church, I pray, God, that you elevate them, that you let them hear the word, and that they adapt and apply it to their life as it fits appropriately into their spirit tonight. In the name of Jesus, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, last Friday, the United States of America and Allied forces bombed the chemical weapons facility in Syria. This has been the headlines of the news. And in a press conference, the U.S. Joint Chief of Staff was asked if we were expecting retaliation from Assad are the Russians. General McKenzie replied, I can't speak to that. But I can tell you that we are ready for it. We are postured both in the region and globally. We are on the balls of our feet, he said, and we are ready for anything. Now, I submit to you tonight that if CLC will be successful in our future, we must live with a heightened sense of expectation. I'm not surprised that Abigail received the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning. If there is one thing that has marked our journey to where we are, it is that we show up to church with expectation. Now, we're, we're glad to have the McCrees with us tonight, and they have joined with us in Lebanon, and we're glad to have them part of what we are doing. And I met with Brother McCree a few days ago, and in our conversation, I suggested, I said, if you want to be part of what God is doing in Lebanon, you kind of have to be connected to what God is doing in Frankfurt, because Lebanon is an extension of what we are doing in Frankfurt. 
and the expectation that, and the spirit of expectation that you will sense and feel in Frankfurt is contagious. And you kind of have to get in and be part of that because what we are doing is we're trying to take what God is doing here and we're trying to take it to Lafayette and to Lebanon and, and, and we're going to take it other places as well. Like to your homes, to your business places, to wherever you have an opportunity to witness or pray with somebody. And, 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 and let me just go a little further. Uh, as we were talking the other day, and I'm not just pointing them out or picking at them tonight, uh, but I, I went a little further and talked about church attendance and the importance of church attendance because I, I'm just going to speak... Um, if all I was was just a one-service person in, at CLC Frankfurt, Lebanon or Lafayette, I would probably change that. If you weren't here Wednesday night, oh, my word. I, I, I just had to call in a pinch hitter Wednesday night. And about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I asked my wife, could you fill in for me? Because I don't even know if I'm going to make it in in time for church. But if I do, I'm going to barely get there. So I need you to be ready. She said, well, I'll see what I can do. She got about 10 minutes in and had me squalling like a baby on the front seat. Sister Nancy Irons and Sister Cassie Irons came by out front and said, I think we just got a whipping. <laughs> it might not have been a whipping, but I'm going to tell you it was a word of God that came powerful. Woo! Checked us where we are. Wednesday night before, we didn't even have preaching. We just started praying for needs and never got beyond it. Wednesday night. The one thing that has marked our journey to where we are is that we show up to church with great expectation. Now, I remember when we used to try to promote that and push that and, and, and try to get people to catch the whole issue of expectation. I, I think it was Sister Chelsea, maybe, that was asked a question some time ago by a minister from another uh, congregation. They said, what is it that makes CLC so great? And she said, I didn't really know what to say, but all I could say was, it's just a spirit of expectation and faith. I, I refuse to miss church. Because I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on what God's doing. We took a little vacation some time ago. We're driving home. And while we're driving home, we've, we, we had, I think Brother Jeremy was over here live streaming. And we're driving down the road, logged on. And we're watching the service. And we're praying and crying and, 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 and worshiping God, swerving all over the roads. Because I'm afraid to miss what God is doing. There is nothing more important than the spirit of expectation among God's people because that's where faith is born. Can I just preach to you for a moment and tell you that if you can be in the house of the Lord, you need to be in the house of the Lord and come with expectation that whether it's Wednesday night, Sunday night, Sunday morning, whenever it is, this morning we baptized two in Jesus' name and one received the Holy Ghost. There's no such thing as a, well, it's just a this service mentality. We broke that some time ago and broke the back of that. And in the name of the Lord, we're never going back. 
Now let me speak to every individual tonight because if you want to know a path to your personal growth and what you need to do in order to enter a higher dimension is your expectation cannot just be average. If your expectation is just average, that's what you're going to get. If, but we have broken that because... I've told some folks, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of so many of our ministries in the church. Tonight, I did pay attention. Sister Cheryl, you ought to be so proud tonight because I paid attention. I didn't go get my phone to video, but I should have because all the frontline singers and all the musicians that weren't frontline singing and weren't playing tonight, I looked over here and I saw Cameron out over here and he's over here just worshiping and dancing and worshiping and I started looking and I started back over here and I just started looking. I saw Sister Kelly and I saw Sister Jen and I saw I just started seeing. I saw Sister Andrea and I, and, and I saw Marissa here on the front and, and every one of them was worshiping maybe even more so than they do when they're on the platform. Don't give me somebody that wants to show up when they have a microphone and act like that they got the joy of the Lord. It's my opportunity and privilege tonight to be preaching. Thank God for our ministers that lay the microphone down and go lay hands on people and pray for people when God leads them to do and not just feel the Holy Ghost when they're the one in the microphone. So we got to live at elevated expectation. I understand I don't have a lot of time to expand this the way that I need to. The conversation of expectancy doesn't start with if. It starts with when. How many of you have a need in this house tonight? Let, just lift your hand. This isn't real blanket, but how many of you have lost loved ones that you really want to see God... Would you change your conversation for me tonight? Before long, you're going to do it for you. Instead of saying, if I could only see my children in church, if you start saying, well, my kids come to church with me. When my spouse is sitting next to me. And... Expectancy doesn't start with if. It starts with when. When the mother of an expecting child finds out that she is expecting. She doesn't wait for the baby to arrive and start to leave the hospital and say, oh my honey, you need to go to Walmart and get a car seat and a baby bed. But it's all done ahead of time. Matter of fact, husbands are painting rooms. Why are you painting? That wall looks great. We got a baby coming. We got to have new things in the room. Why? Why all of these things? Because I am expecting. Where's Isaac? <laughs> I want to preach your message really bad right now. Because the, when the church gets pregnant with expectancy... And we start saying, when the baby's born, when my family's saved, when my healing comes, when my answer comes, expectancy is a prerequisite to a higher dimension.
I'm not surprised at what God's doing. We're expecting it. We're praying for it and expecting it. I could stay on this all night. It's easy to say we expect a miracle, but are we prepared to disciple the miracle? Moves me to my next point. Now, I could have a lot of fun, stay here and preach the rest of the night on expectation. I got six points that I want to leave you tonight, and this is very important for me to say these things to you, and I want you to, I want you to wake up and pay attention. The second, to enter higher dimensions, we must raise our level of effort. Yep, they're all going to start with ease tonight. You're good. Effort. To enter a higher dimension, your effort has to step up. See, so, some of our people have truly put forth their best effort. We have been building a church. Really, we started back in about September, two and a half years ago when we started tearing a building down. And through the course of time, we raised our first wall. We poured the slab in November. We raised our first wall on May the 5th. will be two years. And we have men that have rarely gone a week without being there, and some three times a week, and some that have driven in from long distances. Brother and Sister Newcomer sold their house and moved to Frankfurt because they thought the building project was never going to end. And that drive over for work day every day was more than he could handle. So he moved half a mile from the work site because he heard there's a phase two and three coming. Brother Kevin Spangler drives over from Kokomo. Works a full-time job. Has a wife. Makes me pretty proud of some of our people who have truly, in my opinion, have put forth their best effort for our building project. Now, this isn't just about the building project. But I'm going to say this because I watched some of our Sunday school teachers. Sister Paula Myers came out yesterday, the building project. She came out. Brother Kevin Spangler had just polyurethane the door. She checked it for him. She said, Brother Jordan, I hadn't been coming out, but it's not because I don't want to, but I'm not sure if there's something I can do. I said, no, Sister Paula, you're good. <laughs> that scaffold work may not be your forte. <laughs> CLC's got some folks with a lot of try in them, and I'm thankful for you. I watch our Sunday school teachers. I'm up here during the week, and I come by during the week when our teachers and leaders, and they're coming in and they're working. Sometimes I'm up here, and I'll just see some of our good men or good women. They just, they're up here. I, I come up, and the, and the lawn's being mowed. Or I come in, and the church is just being cleaned. Nobody's getting paid for that. People are volunteering. Can I just be pastor for a few moments tonight? I'm, I'm telling you that the effort, you, let me explain to you why CLC is where it is. Because people are putting forth an effort. It feels a whole lot easier to say we, if I put some effort in it. We're going to build a church, we're going to grow a church. We have people that we need to disciple. That's going to take effort. 
People we need to connect with. That's going to take effort. In order to enter a higher dimension where God is wanting to take us to, it is going to require a high level of effort. Some of you, I don't want you to get offended and fall off the wagon tonight when you say, my Lord, Pastor, I'm already given, you know, 853 hours a week. But I'm reaching for those that may not be giving their best effort. Because God doesn't require more than what you can. But when you can and don't, you're going to have to answer for that. And when I stand before God, I want to hear Him say, Well done. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I am so proud. I've watched Scott and Cassie, you have done such a fine job with your kids. Well, I know your two boys. You've done great with him, with them. Callista, we're still watching. I'm only kidding. She's a sweetheart. These two young men, every week, I count on it. If they're not working, they're out or in Florida or on a cruise. They're out working. A lot of other stuff they could be doing. A lot of other fun they could be having. But they're out there trying. I look around this church. There is so much to be done. And we're all waiting. The deal is right now, there's, there's approximately a couple hundred people here tonight. And however many's here, there's... There's one microphone. And I'm honored to be able to hold it and stand and preach to you tonight. But there are so many places. Some people's like, well, I could never be in leadership. I can't get in front of people. Can I explain to you that there's so many places that you can volunteer, serve, and be part and give back? And we need you and we want you to get involved. Because when if one puts a thousand to flight and two ten thousand, I wonder what would happen if our almost 300 members of CLC would all begin to give our best effort. Physically, financially, spiritually, in prayer, in sacrifice. So as we approach these last days, it is requiring us to give our best effort. We have to be willing to pay the price of the rewards that we are seeking and praying for. And I'm going to say that again. We've got to be willing to pay the price of our answered prayers. God sends souls. That means we have babies in the kingdom of God. That means we've got to have effort. Well, doesn't the pastor do that? Yep, he does. And he also shows up to work night and prepares three sermons a week, most weeks. So everything can't be left on one or two or ten. The average church in America, they call it the 80-20 rule. 20% of the people do 80% of the work in a church. 20% do 80%. That's an average church. Did I mention average a minute ago? Because if we want to go to a higher dimension, we can't be average. 
we can't be average. We've got to put our best effort. We must not waste our time or squander our energies in vain pursuits. Church isn't just about my enjoyment, although I love church. But we have to raise our level of effort. I have always worked hard to not be the weakest link. If I notice I'm the weakest link in something, I will choose to try to find an area of strength and maybe let somebody else work in their area of strength that might better fit my area of weakness. But if we together would begin to work in our areas of strength together and give our best effort, well, the church will just be happy that I showed up. We are. God bless you. But don't be average. Come on board. Get involved. Find a, a fellowship group that you can lead. Start a fellowship group. Oh, I can do that? Yes, you can. All you need to do is see Brother Spencer or Sister Chelsea. They'll be glad to get you hooked up. I'd like to teach a Bible study. Go for it. Well, I'm afraid the pastor might not like it. He just told you, go for it. We've got to raise our level of effort. All right, number three, enthusiasm. We have a little of that around here. Thank God for that. Don't ever squelch enthusiasm. I wish I would have got more hand claps than that. Don't ever squelch enthusiasm. Create enthusiasm. The greatest salesmen in the world are filled with enthusiasm. The greatest leaders in the world are filled with enthusiasm. We must strive to maintain. Wait. I don't even like that word. Scratch that from the recording. We must strive to raise the level of enthusiasm. Because if we are not striving to raise the level of enthusiasm and we start maintaining, we will no longer be enthused about it. We've got to raise the level of enthusiasm. Be creative. Find a new way. We must be wholeheartedly involved in whatever we do. I'm not laboring half-heartedly, grumbling about what I'm doing, murmuring and complaining about what I'm doing. I want to do it all as unto the Lord. 2 Chronicles 3.21 And in every good work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek God, he did with all of his heart and he prospered. Enthusiasm will cause you to prosper. Colossians chapter 3. Whatsoever you do in word or in deed. Whatever you do in word, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that if the Lord, that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward and the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord. Jesus Christ. All right, I, I, you know, I got to hurry. Number three. Uh, number four. Do you want three again? Number four. Enlightenment. Enlightenment. In order to go to higher levels. See, God, God spoke to me some time ago. 
And the reason that this whole process of our church building and all the above has not shocked me and surprised me that it's taken as long because the Lord kind of prompted me for this. And he said, I'm not going to allow you to move. This is why I've been giving you some recipes and some things that I deem that is very important. That's why I'm preaching on a night that we already had good churches. Somebody got the Holy Ghost and was ready to be baptized. It's because I've got a work that I have to do because the Lord prompted me a good while ago, probably about three years ago, four years ago, maybe at the very beginning or maybe before we actually started construction. And he said, I'm not going to allow you to move into the new building until the church is ready. So you got to get the church ready because when you go, you're going to a new dimension. And when I realized that, when the Lord laid this on my heart and began to reveal what I'm teaching to you tonight, when I began to understand that the level of enlightenment, we need a deeper understanding of the things of God and the operation of God. This is why some things are very difficult to teach in public settings or preach in public settings. And some things are said people don't get, they don't understand. And I know this is why we need to have more church and not less church. And that's why you need to be present in all the services and not part of the services. It's important because you need to get the preaching and teaching because God's trying to prepare the church to go to a new dimension. We can't go to the new dimension until we're all ready to go there. And so we talk about things like apostolic authority, but some of us don't really understand it. We've got to seek to understand it. There's some deeper understandings of the operation. I want you to say that with me. The operation of God. It's how God works. God always works. He has a plan. And He has an organized structure. God is a God of structure. And He is an organized God. And He has a structure. And He works. It always begins at the head and works down. It all There is always an authority. And everything flows down. We have to understand these things. The only way we can understand it is to seek to understand it. And to try to comprehend it. And learn and read. And do everything we can to try to be enlightened on the operation of God now not everybody in the room but most of us in the room have doctrine down I could go to most any of the, even the children here and ask them what must I do to be saved and they would tell us to repent to be baptized in Jesus name to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost and to live a holy and separated life unto the Lord And so therefore, we get the basic doctrine, but we wonder why we're not moving to higher dimensions because we're not learning more of how to go to the next dimension and level. And so we've got to get, we've got to have some enlightenment. We've got to have, don't ever think that Bible study is too boring for me. I don't deem the importance of Wednesday night. You don't deem the importance of growth. Because you get energized and hyped up and ready on, on Sunday night to go out and do a work. But Wednesday night, you get the meat of the word that tells you how you need to live, what you need to change, how you need to... Mm -hmm. It's the teaching of the word of God. Thank you for standing back there in the back. Brother Emery, thank you for supporting what I'm saying. Your growth does not always come through preaching. Your growth comes through teaching and enlightenment and understanding. Tell your neighbor you got to have the word. 
I don't want to just talk about having the word. I want to bring you the word. That's why I don't have time. I, I, the, the moments that we have in this pulpit, I'm not up here to just act silly and goof around and fill a slot. I take this seriously. You ask my sons and my wife and, and, and those who are very close to me, I, I, the, the preparation time, the, the seriousness, when I feel like that I don't deliver the word the way that God had put it in my spirit, I go home and struggle until the next time I'm back in the pulpit because this is a sacred opportunity and a privilege of mine to be here. And I'm the least worthy. And I don't have the greatest of ability. But I take what I have, and I read like crazy, and I study like a madman, and I'm constantly trying to go to a deeper level in prayer, in consecration, and in understanding. You see, the word doctrine without the Spirit will lead to religion. But the Spirit without doctrine or the Word will lead to false revelations. That's why the Apostle said, don't be blown about with every wind of doctrine. When a prophetic word comes to you, when God speaks, you better balance that. Is that biblical? Is that in line? Because we have to be balanced in the Word. Everybody say enlightenment. Number five, endurance. You like the ease? Took a little extra time. This church has endured for a while. 53 years in April. All those who have been here from the beginning, I want you to stand tonight and let all of our new folks see how many folks. If you've been here from the beginning, I want you to stand. Look, look at this. Look at this. Look around you. Look around you. I was blessed to come into this church 27 years ago. Be 28 pretty soon. And I've been part of this church. I've been pastoring this church for 14 or thereabouts. And one thing I've learned about this church is that we have endured a few storms and a few troubled times, a few trying times. This church has been trouble-free for the most part with very few, very few hiccups through the years. I learned a lot from our late Bishop Price and spending time with him and listening to him. And, and the issue is, is the older I get and the longer I pastor, the more I realized how much he really knew. But the church has endured and weathered some storms and, and this I've learned, you can't expect to start out and land at the top without some struggles of climbing up out of the valley. Because battles are not fought and won on the mountaintop. Battles are always fought in the valley. Find it in the scripture. In the valley is where you struggle. Climbing up the mountain is where you struggle. When you're on the mountaintop, enjoy it. It took some endurance to get there. 
But when you reach the top, he hadn't said, well done, there's a higher mountain to climb. And if you are serious about going to the next level in your personal life or your ministry or the work that you're doing in the church or wherever you are, if you're interested in doing that, get this word in your spirit, endurance. Endurance speaks of things like faithfulness and commitment. Mm -hmm. Look at your neighbor and tell them be faithful, be committed. When a team, a sports team is successful, bandwagons come out of every corner of the world. But those who stay with the team have some endurance through those down years. We all have a little more respect for those fans who in the middle of all the downturns will still declare, the Colts is my team. God rest your soul. But it's those fans that ensure that the team is going to rise up from defeat. See, those who just jump on the bandwagon because of you heard about CLC, they have great music. They have a great youth program, awesome children's ministry, wonderful people, and the pastor tries. But those who just jump on the bandwagon because good things are happening is not what is going to make the church successful and move to the next level. But this is no rebuke to our new folks. God bless you. Give all of our newer folks a great big hand. But there's going to be some tests of endurance. There's going to be some days you're not going to agree with your pastor. You see, you, don't, you won't understand and you won't know how submitted someone is until you have an issue of disagreement. Because disagreement is the point and the test of submission. And if at the point of disagreement, you're gone, you were on the bandwagon all along. But when you say, no, I am committed to this thing, sink or swim, we're going to a higher dimension. Whatever I have to do, I'm going to birth a ministry. Whatever I have to do, I'm going. I will be faithful in the difficult times. I will be loyal. I will be committed. Proverbs, the 24th chapter and the 10th verse has a strong word. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Okay, King James Version, here you go. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small.
Your strength is not revealed when everything is going good. Your strength is revealed in times of adversity and trials. On the service when nobody is wanting to clap and nobody is wanting to shout and nobody is wanting to get with it is a real test. See, y'all just think that our wonderful music team shows up every week with a smile on their face and a song in their heart in music. See, you don't understand the behind-the-scenes meals that I have to set across the table and say, no, you really are going to lead worship next Sunday. <laughs> you really aren't quitting. You are not. See, y'all, you, you guys think you really, no, you're not giving up the youth group. I know they can be a bunch of heathens, but you're doing a good work. Keep on. The Apostle Paul spoke to Timothy in his last letter. In the second chapter, in the third verse, he said, Thou therefore endure hardness. Oh, I can't do this. That's hard. If you are in ministry... And your excuse is that it's hard. Mm. I have yet. See, I know, I know what the world thinks. I know how Hollywood stereotypes ministry. They think we sleep to noon and get up and eat fried chicken. <laughs> Go take up big offerings and They have no idea. They don't know the sacrifices. They don't know what some of you good people. I hear people criticizing churches and all the above. I I jokingly said yesterday, somebody said something. I turned around. I think it was Brother Phil McDonald. He he and I, and I don't don't get this wrong. He was talking about trucks, and we're talking about his nice Dodge truck. And he said, yeah, but mine's just a... Ram Longhorn Edition Pastors is a Denali or a a Laramie sorry a Laramie and I said mine's got 193,000 miles on it I will trade with you (laughs) he changed his mind it's not always the way it appears See, because birthing anything in the kingdom of God will require some labor pains that's associated with it. Even in the good Christian life and everything going wonderful, the promises of God being fulfilled will always cost you some faithfulness and some commitment. Here's what Galatians 6 chapter said. For those of you that's been through a few struggles and feel like, well, pastor, but I've been doing this for a long time. Can I, can I be real with you? Can I be real with you? Dan, I didn't ask you to do this beforehand. You can kill me after service if you want. I remember a time, I remember a time in Brother Dan's life when he was about ready to quit everything. I remember that time. Some of you that's been around a long time remember that. He was frustrated, hurt. He wanted to quit. Wanted to give up. He's one of the most faithful men that I know. When you speak of faithfulness, you look right here on this second row. He's 89. How old are you, Dan? 89? 
Oh, you don't remember? <laughs> I looked over in Lebanon today, and there he was standing, three services. Work day, broom in his hand. Crazy electricians, they need to pick up after themselves. <laughs> I pull in the drive on a rainy, cold, snowy day. Sunday morning, here's Brother Dan. Come on, pull up and let me park your car for you. I'm sorry, Dan, you're my father-in-law. I'm not letting you park my car for me. I married your daughter. I owe you a little bit, maybe. Or maybe, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I do. I'm oh, I'm in trouble. I watch the faithfulness. You find any successful person in your life and you're going to see some consistent faithfulness. You're going to see some faithfulness in them that you don't see in people who talk about wanting to be in ministry, who talk about wanting to do something for the Lord. Single-handedly, Brother Dan has probably won more people to the Lord in this church than any one individual because of his faithfulness over the years. All right, I got to quit bragging. Steak dinner now. <laughs> Number six, I'll let you go. Enlargement. See, I made it ease all the way through. Enlargement. To go to a higher dimension, you have to recognize the need to enlarge your territory, to enlarge your boundaries. Everybody say, my mind needs to enlarge my thinking. See, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll get a small mentality. One of the greatest hindrances to church growth is a small church mentality. A small church mentality will feel like that everything's about me, about what I want, service is about me, music's about me, preacher's here to serve me, he's got to be. We have to break beyond and understand there's a reason why that the Bible actually teaches the way it does. And as a smaller church, and some people prefer that, some people like that, as a smaller church, it's easy to do that. And according to our abilities, church growth analysts say that most churches grow according to the pastor's ability. But pastors who have the ability to be able to build teams around him and multiply himself can see continual growth and see church expansion. So we have to be thinking above and beyond. And so my point is, is we have to have our, our mentality. We have to recognize what God is doing in the church. And, and I have to, as a leader, I have to recognize that. Because when people call me, I want to be wherever and a lot of times, Brother Danny says, hey, I'll take that hospital visit for you. No, I have to go. I have to go. And, and I'm having to break this because as the church grows, I, I can't be everywhere at the same time. And so 
it's been the last two years, I think this has happened twice, where we had funerals that Brother Danny had to, was doing one funeral in one funeral home while I was doing a funeral in another funeral home at the same time. Two different times. As our church grows, we begin to see this. At one point this year, we had seven people in the hospital at one time. So as we see these things begin, that means our ministry team, and I'm not just speaking for myself here, all right? I want you to understand our ministry team and our staff and our leaders. We, we may not be able to be at every birthday party. Don't get offended. Do you still love me? I can't be at every anniversary dinner and every birthday. Here is why. Because we, we've got to, if we're going to go to the next dimension, and here, I knew this was going to be the test of real question of whether you really want to go to the next dimension. Because we've got to enlarge our thinking and understand that in order to go to the next level, if we really are interested in winning North Central Indiana, if we're really interested in going beyond just me and mine, if we're really about spreading the gospel around this whole region and growing the church, we've got to understand that, that everything that is happening. Brother Brandon Newcomer, come up here by me. I want them to see you real good. They haven't seen your pretty face here tonight. You took up the offering. They weren't, they weren't paying attention. This man works a full-time job about 50 hours a week. He shows up at work nights and work days. He leads one of the larger youth ministries in our state. He serves our entire section as the sectional youth leader. He has three babies and a wife. And he does all of that without pay from the church or from the section. Now you ought to give him a big hand. See, some I know I know I've called a lot of names tonight, and I know I've spent more time than I intended. But here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Here's what I'm trying to help us understand tonight. Is with all the things he has on his plate and all the things he has going. And, and they went to Top Golf with the youth last night. And they had fun. I saw some goofy videos. We may not be able to please everybody all the time. Look at your neighbor and say enlargement. We've got to enlarge our boundaries, enlarge our territory. The day's going to come when we're going to be able to add to our paid staff. Right now we're just trying to pay our bills. We've got to stop living in our same little box. In our same little mentality. I understand I understand, and I'm not offended by it. I understand when people, when I first came here, 
When I first came here as pastor, all right, all you that's been here for a long time, I love you. But I had people that they, I mean, nobody asked me not to say this, so I'm going to say it. It may not be the wisest thing I've ever said. People said, now, no, we're not Indianapolis. Man, thank God we're not Indianapolis. But I hope that the connotation with that was not, we're small. Where's all my Lebanon team and Lafayette teams? I want all of my Lafayette and Lebanon people. I want you to stand real quick. All right, everybody's wanting you to stand real fast so I get done. All right, this is all of our team that's going to Lafayette and Lebanon that's making it happen every week. Every week. I got a word for you tonight. Small is a mentality. Lafayette and Lebanon are not small churches. Small is a mentality. Enlarge your thinking. Enlarge your territory. Now, the only way this can happen is everything that we do. I know I'm almost done. Believe me. If you want to. It is April. Everything we do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. From the way that we take care of our premises, from the way that we direct cars in the parking lot, or greet at the door, or greet inside the church, or usher, or handle the office, or sing, or lead service, or step up and take the offering, or prayer request, or whatever that we do, we need to do it with the spirit of excellence. Now, I'm letting everybody in on a little secret. When we were a church of 125, I met with all of our leadership team, and several of you are still here. And I met with them, and I gave them some scenarios and showed them how that we're going to begin to function as a church of 300. That means everything that we're doing, we're going to start doing differently. And it was chaotic for a little while, trying to get our feet on the ground, trying to get un, begin to understand new ways of doing things because we'd always done it that way. Small thinking, see. Well, we've always done it that way. And so we had to break beyond that. And so we started operating as a church of 300. And look where God's led us to. In order to go to the next level, in order to go to higher dimensions, we have to start operating as a church that is larger than what we are. If we operate as a church of 300, we will always be a church of 300. But to break that barrier, we have to begin to live, operate. That means everything we do from our Sunday school teachers, children's ministry, altar workers, everybody. We have to enlarge our thinking and begin to think larger. I'm sorry if this offends anybody tonight what I'm bringing to you, but I got to grow. 
And the test of leadership is the ability to love people that choose to stay behind when you move forward. We got to grow. You ought to tell your neighbor, excuse me, but I got to grow. We've got to think higher than we've been thinking. We've got to expand ourselves beyond where we are. Enlargement is part of God's plan for every life. I'm closing. Give them some hope, Cheryl. I'll keep telling them. Just stand and and I'll quit. Just stand. That's good. This wasn't a trick. You all know the story of Jabez and the prayer of Jabez. It's not wrong to pray for increase. Our prayer life must be growing. Our study time must be growing. Our vision must be growing. Well, Pastor, I thought this is all you were, this is what you were looking for. You're never going to find a time that our growth outgrows our vision. Not until every soul in north central Indiana has been saved. We've got to always be stretching ourselves, always reaching beyond where we are. Jabez prayed, Lord, enlarge my territory. God is wanting us to enlarge ourselves on every side. He wants us every aspect of our life. It's, we need to move. If we are going to go to a higher dimension, we've got to pray, God, enlarge my territory. And it begins with enlarging me. Enlarging my thought. Let my prayer life be enlarged. Let my dedication and my faithfulness and my sacrifice, let it be enlarged. Are you ready to be enlarged tonight? Are you ready to take that step and say, I want to move to a higher dimension? I want to move to a place that I've never been. Yes, it will cost us, but the results will make it all worthwhile. If it's appropriate, just agree with your neighbor right now. Maybe take them by the hand, lay a hand on the shoulder, whatever. Just if somebody's next to you, you can agree with tonight. I want us just because uh, I've I've reached to everybody from the front to the back, and these young people have all been in the front. And several of you have, and we have one going to be baptized here in just a moment. And as a matter of fact, if, if one of our baptismal folks want to go ahead and help her prepare, we'll go ahead and do that now while we're closing. But I want you to agree together with me right now. And I want you to agree with that person beside you. I'm I'm not going to become stuck where I am. But we're going to go to a higher dimension. My expectation, my faith, my faithfulness. We're going to a new level. Lord, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. Would you begin to pray one for another right now? Come on, commit right now to the Lord, God. Don't ever let my church become about me. Don't ever let my thinking dominate. Let me always be increasing and enlarging and growing. Yes, Lord. Come on, pray strong in faith right now. Pray strong in faith right now. Pray strong in faith now. Go ahead and sing now.